is the 20th annual Academy Awards ceremony. 20 years of Oscar. And tonight we've enjoyed the hosting of our favorites, Dick Powell and Agnes Moorhead. I had to mention, just in case anyone was wondering if Agnes Moorhead had ever hosted a ceremony, I know I was. We are at the Shrine Auditorium on March 20th, 1948 in Los Angeles, California, and it is time for the big award of the night, the envelope, please. And the winner is... Gentlemen's Agreement. You just like showing off that you can do a drum roll with your mouth. (laughs) Can you not? Do it. Uh, That's my favorite thing that's happened today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, now that you spit all over your computer screen... Oh, wow. That's hilarious. Um, Agnes Moorhead. Agnes Moorhead. I'm you know, so curious. I feel like, is that ceremony available uh, anywhere to Absolutely listen to? Absolutely not. Yes. Although I would die to just like find every ceremony, like a recording of it, and oh just my gosh. freaking watch every... Oh my god. There are a few recordings of the radio broadcast of some of the ones from the 40s I've been able to find. Radio would be fine, but like I want to see it. You know, know what I mean? I really want to see it. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, I okay, we're back, everybody. Um, this is Sam. <laughs> do I have to do it now? You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it feel a little awkward? Like, this is me. Hi. This is me. I am Sam. I am I am Sam. There is a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Academy Award nominee. We'll get to that in a decade. A decade? Probably. Oh, that's oh, you mean like a decade in real life. <laughs> I thought you meant like a decade oh, when no. we do movies. Not, to the 50s. Can you imagine? Like, do you know when that movie was? I am Sam done as a nineteen fifties movie. Oh, that's no. a different movie. I mean I am Sam's probably problematic as an early two thousands movie. Yes. So um so uh we're here. Rance. Oh, right. Rance. Oh, nice. Rance, nice of you to join us. It is Glad to have you here. Joyous day. We are talking about 1947. We've got five Best Picture nominees again. Back to well, we've been at five. We've been at five, and let's. We're gonna be at five for a while. What do we have here? We got a lot. You got. You know, I gotta tell you the this Wikipedia page for this Oscars is very. has a lot of info. Mm. I can tell you who presented every Oscar. So okay. if you want to know when we talk about something, who presented that Oscar, you know what I can do? Can you tell me? I can tell you. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> uh, who presented Best Actress? Uh, it, it was the tradition of Best Actor presenting Best Actress. So uh-huh. Frederick March. Frederick March presented. Yeah. Uh, I would say the Best Actress category is probably more entertaining than any of the other categories. Of this year. So are we just going to go jump right to the Best Actress category? Yeah, we'll get a Gentleman's is Agreement. Is what you're telling me that's, right that's now? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to get to Gentleman's Agreement in a minute. Oh, we got lots of fun people in here. We do. Best Actress. This is a really fun year, actually. We've got Joan Crawford in Possessed. Have you seen Possessed? I have seen Possessed. I've seen Possessed. Possessed <laughs> is is a lot. Oh, this movie is batshit crazy. It is. Uh, it is. In the best way. A lot. It is. It starts with Joan Crawford wandering the streets of Los Angeles not knowing who she is. It does! <laughs> <laughs> let's just, let's She's just literally, say that. This, okay, the movie refers to her being possessed by love for this man yes. who doesn't want to give, you know what I mean? It's, it is such a bizarre story. But it just like goes in really weird 
far-fetched places. It does. But man, Joan Crawford is so good in this movie. I saw movie. this um, in a movie theater like two months ago. Oh, I love that. Because uh, the new Beverly on Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most LA thing you've ever said. The new Beverly over on Beverly? The new Beverly on Beverly? Like, if you want to get to me, you can exit the low one. <laughs> Highland and then go down to La Brea. Okay. Um, <laughs> mm. So uh, I was just like sitting in my seat the whole time going, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it is, yeah. There's really no rhyme or reason to anything that goes on. It's, it's but just watching Joan but Crawford. But I mean, Joan is like wonderful. She's the ultimate just like commitment actress. She will commit to any role, any performance. But she's always Joan. Ah, she's always Joan. Exactly. But she's always Joan. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't disappear. There are, I would say, of her three Oscar-nominated winning performances, Mildred Pierce possessed um, uh, and sudden fear. sudden fear. She does play a very similar woman in them, and I think yes. it's her. You know, kind of. But a lot of it's just her. A lot of it's her. It's just her. It's her gravitas. Yes. She. I mean, she's a wonderful presence. Um, Definitely not an Academy Award winning winning performance. Oh my gosh, total sidebar. Do you know what else I did last month? What did you do? Or was it month before last now? It was month before last. Um, in October. Uh-huh. Um, or whenever this comes out. October. <laughs> in October. October of 2019. In 2019. Uh, the new Bev, oh, as I call it, yes. um, did a triple feature of Joan Crawford's 60s movies. It was... What? It was a straight jacket, uh, which is crazy. Crazy. With a movie called Berserk. Yep. Which is a circus. Joan Crawford having affairs with men that are half her age. Who is she? Is she like the she's a the tightrope walker? Or no, she's the ringleader of, of the course circus. She is. And she wears oh my god, it, all of her leg is uh, on, her legs are on display, uh, and every single. Close-up of her, no matter what time of day, has this mysterious shadow go over her neck. Uh, it's amazing. And the last one was her final film, 1970s, Trog. Trog. Which is... They played her 60s movies and they didn't even include Baby Jane. Well, they were doing, like, her buyer. Her, okay. Her buyer. <laughs> they were doing her final movies. <laughs> her yeah. low-budget B films. You gotta wonder gotcha. what she felt about every other one of her contemporaries' careers in comparison to what she was doing. Well, I feel like that's why she really became a recluse, you know? She didn't want to be seen. She was embarrassed, you I know? Mean, She's an aging actress who couldn't find roles anymore. How, Trog. how sad is that? Trog is absolutely... Garbage? Or is it wonderful? I mean, like you need, watch you need to see it. Okay, well, you, it settled. is worth watching <laughs> for settled for her because she just because it's just like this person in a gorilla mask basically, yes. but they're treating it like it's this half human, half ape thing. And that's what I'm saying. Joan Crawford will commit to anything, and she just like wants them not to kill it, and she like walks in and says hi to it when it's in in its cage. She's like, "Hi, Trog." It's just like it's so. Ugh. I can't describe. Okay, anyway. We've got Susan Hayward was also nominated. Have you seen Smash Up? This is the her story first nomination, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets a bunch of nominations <laughs> in the next decade. She gets a bunch. What's funny is I read a thing where she had stated after she lost for this movie this year, she said, I will be nominated again. It may not be next year. It may not be until the late 1950s, but I will win an Oscar someday. And she does. In the late 1950s. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> she knows. She knows. Um... I have not seen this one, though. Me either. But what I need to see and what I want to see 
is Morning Becomes Electra with Rosalind Russell. You haven't seen it? I haven't. Have you? Me either. No. Because I've heard she was the favorite. She was the heavy favorite. Every single Oscar poll penned her to win. Yes. And might I say, I think Rosalind Russell should probably have an Oscar. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely. If if you're a gay man and haven't seen any MAME. (laughs) Get on it. Get on it. But she, like, His Girl Friday, like, everything she... The women. The women. She's so good. She's so good Mm -hmm. and so different in everything she does. Because she can be, like, this buffoon and she can be kind of sexy and she can be just, like, this over-the-top diva. It's just, like, I, I totally believe it when she was probably the person who was the favorite. But, of course, because the person who did win, uh, well... I will mention Dorothy McGuire being nominated, but we'll talk about that. We'll get more into that, because she was nominated for Gentleman's Agreement. Which won Best Picture. Yes. But Loretta Young, mm-hmm. her only nomination, or her, her first nomination. Her first. She, she was nominated once more. Come she, to the stable. Yes. This was her first nomination. She had been in the business for a very long time. So long. And, um... Child she, actor. She was a child yes. star. And this was a comedy? I have not seen it. <laughs> I've seen... Okay. I have seen... A clip where I think she's doing um, an accent of sorts because she isn't she like a she's, she's a Swedish Swedish that's exactly what it is she's kind of what Swedish. it is <laughs> let's be nice um, so she does this comedy where she's playing a Swede and and she's very nobody, Swedish nobody expects her to win this nobody it's does. like a just an honor to be nominated mm-hmm. type situation and apparently like people were like leaving the theater. So they could get, because they, right. they were like, okay, well, i got to get to the car. Because like, we all know Rosalind Russell's going to win, so let's just leave the ceremony now. Uh. And then Loretta Young wins, and uh, I have seen clips of her winning, and she is more shocked oh, yeah. than anyone ever. Oh, yeah. It's a, amazing. Well, yeah, watch. she like checks the card again just to make sure it has her name on it. <laughs> She's like, this can't be true. A similar thing happens when Marissa Tomei wins <laughs> for My Cousin Minnie. We'll get to we'll that get later. That a decade. <laughs> we'll get that's another decade. Oh, um, yeah. Isn't that interesting? I I will say this. I feel like Rosalind Russell is equally underappreciated, like Myrna Loy. But at least Rosalind Russell has nominations, whereas Myrna Loy never got one. I feel um, like Myrna Loy is probably. Well, I mean, like it, Loretta Young's a good actress. I'm just saying, um, Myrna Loy is the one who's like criminally. Yes, yeah, so underrated. underrated. Yeah, underrated and under just appreciated. I feel. No, she's so so good, but but it's just it's an interesting win, um, because interesting. comedies very rarely win. Very true. And oh yeah, because the farmer's daughter she ends up becoming like a politician, doesn't she? Yeah. Yes. It's so weird. These movies. This is a strange year for movies, you guys. My goodness. It's it's almost like the movies are living a double life. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Best actor. Oh, do you see what I did oh, there? Yeah, that kind of that got me a little, <laughs> a little riled up. Okay, here we go. Um, uh, yeah, a double life, which is uh, which is a film noir. Um, one of those going around. Uh, which I okay, I've read about this movie. I haven't seen it, but I really wanted to see it. I have seen it, but I don't remember it very well. Um, but he's a He's playing a Shakespearean actor, correct? Yes. And his yeah, oh yeah, off-screen performance starts to tie into his on yes. on stage persona. I it's a say. great performance. He's really great in this. I've actually seen 
four of these five best actor awards, which I don't usually see more best actors than best actresses. But True. I, I saw Body and Soul this year, and he's great. John Garfield is such a wonderful actor, and we're going to get more into John Garfield with this with the the Best Picture winner, Gentleman's Agreement, as well. Yeah, because guess spoiler, he's in it. He's very in it. <laughs> Uh, William Powell is always great. Always great. Life with Fodder. 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 Holy Life. Fodder. Life <laughs> with Fodder. Um, it co-stars Irene Dunn. Right. And it has a young Elizabeth Taylor. Um, and Life with Fodder is like, uh, I don't know, it's like this very stagey movie. I mean, it's, it's from, from a, a play. Play, right? Yeah. And it's... Uh, <clears throat> The wife wants him to get baptized is the thing. Uh, and he's like a very finicky, uh, not finicky, very disciplinarian atheist uh, with their kids. But the wife is just praying and praying and praying that one day he'll get baptized. And so it's like a comedy. Oh, interesting. Victorian area comedy based on the comedy of manners. I don't know. Again, very bizarre. Um, and who we have? We have... Michael Redgrave, and also uh, Morning Becomes Electra. Michael Redgrave, which is of course, of course part of the royalty. Uh, royalty. He is the uh, the granddaddy of the the Redgrave family. He would, I believe, they're his children, right? Lynn Redgrave and uh, are they um, his children or are they his? Uh, are they his grandchildren? Uh, that's a good question. They're his children. His children. Lynn Redgrave and Vanessa. And Vanessa. Yes. Uh, Vanessa will win an Oscar. Lynn Redgrave will be nominated, but not win. And then Vanessa had her own children, including... Natasha uh, Natasha Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. Bless Uh, her. And Jolie Richardson. Both equally great actresses. I feel like Jolie Richardson does not get enough attention, but she's a great actress. Because Natasha Richardson married Liam Neeson. Mm -hmm. So you tie in that whole thing. Crazy. Michael Redgrave is also in... uh, a really great um, Hitchcock movie. Uh, 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 you know. That Which one? one? The, the Lady Vanishes. The Lady Vanishes. Okay, I haven't yes. seen that one. Uh, oh my god. Watch it. It's it's so great. <laughs> you should see it. <laughs> it was remade as Flight Plan with... Uh, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Oh wow. With Jodie okay. Foster. Okay. Jody, that's not as good as the original. Fair enough. Okay. And the last nominee is Gregory Peck for Gentleman's Agreement. We'll get into that another time. Okay, oh, let's, let's talk about supporting actor. This is one of my favorites. Why wasn't John Garfield nominated in this category is my question. For Gentleman's uh, Agreement? Yeah, like... That's a good question. He has a really stunning scene at the end of Gentleman's Agreement. Yeah, but he's, he's great in that movie. He's Why really great in the movie. I don't know. Um, okay, but yes, supporting actor... I love who won. I do too. (laughs) The winner was Edmund Gwen for Miracle on 34th Street. He literally plays Santa Claus. Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle is how he's credited. Yes. I should Um, say Chris Kringle. He is. uh, And honestly, like, he is the definitive Santa Claus. He is the. Like, when I think of what. When I think of what Santa should look like, it's him. Absolutely. You know? And he's so. Let's just talk... Okay, this is jumping ahead, because Miracle on 34th Street was also nominated for Best Picture. Uh-huh. Miracle on 34th Street is one of the best Christmas movies, and also a great film. So good! It has Maureen O'Hara, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's uh, Payne, Payne, um, uh, Thomas Payne, is that right? Thomas Payne. 
Uh, John Payne. John Payne. Close enough. Thomas Payne is a name. I didn't it pull is. That. Thomas Payne. Mr. Smith somebody. goes to Washington. That's something. Is that the name of the senator? And Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It might be. In, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Miracle Thirty Fourth Street uh, has a divorced mother, very yes. progressive for the time. Very. Um, who has a very precocious daughter, played by Natalie Wood, who is like. Shirley Temple aside, might be the cutest child actress. So adorable. She doesn't take any bullshit. She doesn't believe in Santa Claus. She doesn't believe in anything stupid and childish. Yep. And then, and she, then basically Santa comes into the picture and needs to stay, stay with them for a while. Yep. And he, and everybody thinks he's a crazy old man, but he promises that he's Santa. He says he's Santa. Yep. And he's completely unfazed, and he ends up making the little girl, Natalie Wood, believe, while Maureen O'Hara falls in love with this other guy. Yes. And then they end up getting the house at the end of the movie. It's so sweet. It's like the <laughs> ultimate, like, spirit of Christmas movie. You uh, know, it goes beyond Santa Claus. It it's goes beyond... not a perfect movie the way It's a Wonderful Life is, but it's it's perfect for what it is. It's very touching. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it makes you feel like... It's an ultimate, like, warm and fuzzy movie, you know, that you would want to watch... Uh, close to Christmas, it's snowing, you're curled up on the couch. It's just, it's, it, it, it only has good intentions. It didn't come out in, at Christmas season. Isn't that? They why? released something this summer. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Because Fox is, was dumb, you know? I don't stupid. know. That's so stupid. But anyway, well, whatever. regardless, that is a very a deserved. Perfect supporting actor win. Perfect supporting actor win. Anything else <clears throat> um, of oh. note? May I just say, mm-hmm. if you ever have the opportunity to see the best original screenplay winner, <laughs> The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, <laughs> which is Cary Grant, Myrtle Loy, and Shirley Temple as a teenager. Oh, wow. Do yourself a favor. Watch this movie. It is delightful. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> It is cotton candy in the extreme. Oh, man. But it is... Cary Grant plays this guy who is sentenced to court Shirley Temple, who is Myrna Loy's little sister. She's a judge. What? She sentences him to court her little sister, who has a schoolgirl crush on him, and... She does this to keep her from martyring herself. It's a whole thing. What? I can't. But so <laughs> Cary Grant dates a 17-year-old girl. Oh, my god! It's completely inappropriate. Bananas. But it's one of the funniest little movies. It works. You will ever see. Oh, it's man. also where this, where the whole thing, um, which is kind of repeated in the movie Labyrinth, I believe, it goes... Um, you remind me of a man. What man? Man with the power. What power? Power of hoodoo. Hoodoo. You do. Do what? Remind me of a man. That whole... Gotcha. That whole circular thing. But... And Sidney Sheldon wrote the screenplay, and Sidney Sheldon would go on to create the TV show I Dream a Genie. <laughs> and he also wrote a bunch of pulp novels. Thank God he has an Oscar. I can't believe this movie has an Oscar, but I'm uh... really happy that it's here. And this okay. was one of those bizarre years where, you know, there are... There's three writing categories. 
uh, there's writing original story, writing original screenplay, and writing screenplay. I don't understand the difference between them very well, but Miracle on 34th Street won both the writing original story and also the writing screenplay Oscar. Yeah, they were making the the story itself a separate Oscar, and that is, I guess, because a lot of times, excuse me, um, a lot of times the, um, the you know, like the story is one thing, the script is another thing, and they right. get separate credits on screen. That's true, But eventually yeah. they lumped it all together. Yeah, it's just original screenplay and adapted screenplay. Which makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. We're kind of in a confusing era of the writing Oscars, but needless to say, both went to Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, no, it's interesting that all three of the screenplay awards went to movies that are comedies, essentially. Yeah, very true. Um, Miracle on 31st Street is also one of the first performances of an actress we will become very familiar with, uh, Thelma Ritter. Thelma Ritter, absolutely. There's a little cameo in that uh, movie. What a wonderful actress. I love Thelma Ritter so much. I do too. Um, uh, and one of our Best Picture nominees. What else was up for Best Picture? We have Miracle on 34th Street, Great Expectations. Have you seen Great Expectations? I don't think I've seen this version of it. No, me either, actually. It's a famous Dickens novel. Yes, right? another David Lean production. I mean, then it has to be good. It must be good. It's, yeah, I, it's universal. How have you not... Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't you call yourself a tour guide. Oh, man. Do uh, I, though? It's a British film that was distributed by Universal, let's be honest. Here. There you go. That's very true. Um, Crossfire, I have seen. Ooh, do you like it? I've been thinking about watching that one, because this is also kind of... No, you should watch it. I should watch okay. it. It deals with anti-Semitism. Uh, Anti-Semitism. Well. Yes, Exactly. Uh, it was like a, a B-level film, too. Not a, It was like a B-movie, but it's a film noir. Um, sorry if you hear the... The, uh, the, lawn the lawnmowers. That's going on. Which, it's funny, because we, we record on Wednesdays, that happens, and here it is Tuesday. And, and they're happening. doing it on Tuesday. We just can't win. The city we, of West Hollywood. They will mow lawns when they want to. <laughs> we will mow lawns when we want to. We'll leave your lawns behind. Because people who lawn and people who lawn are no friends. Of, I don't know what, what I'm is that? I don't know. What are you singing? Have, Have you heard that before? No. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. This is like a jingle for the commercial. People don't dance. This is a real... You're just too young. <laughs> <laughs> Play the age card. <laughs> Meanwhile, let's talk about a movie from the 40s. Let's do it. Crossfire. <laughs> it's good, though. Uh, Crossfire is really good. It's a film noir. And it deals with anti... Uh, Semitism, but the original, uh, hey, the original version of this, um, based on a novel called The Brick Foxhole, uh-huh. was about homosexuality. Yes, that's Judaism. right. And so they changed that to be about uh, Judaism in the the movie. Movie, but the book it's based on is homosexuality. Interesting. Which, I mean, as, um, I believe you're homosexual. Yes, today I am. Okay. (laughs) It changes, you know, (laughs) with the weather. Then we have another Christmas movie. Another Christmas movie, The Bishop's Bishop's Wife. Wife. Which, if you haven't seen The Bishop's Wife, maybe you've seen the remake, The Preacher's Wife. Oh, gosh, exactly. With Whitney Houston. This was, like, a big year for, like, Christmas-themed movies. I don't know what, uh, what the deal was. I wonder if this one was actually released at Christmas. That'd be... Um, it would make more sense. December 9th. Okay, December 9th. See, that makes a lot more sense. Holiday release. Um, but uh, it's a it's a sweet movie. Okay, because it got you know um, smooth nominations. 
it's uh, I don't think it's as good as Miracle on 34th Street, but it's like, you know, it's just this, it's a sweet little movie where Cary Grant plays an angel, mm-hmm. and Loretta Young is married to David Niven, who's always delightful. Always. And he's the bishop of this church, and they're trying to raise money to build a grand, big, wonderful cathedral. And Cary Grant comes down to kind of show them, like, yeah, maybe it's not about the stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, It's not about material goods. Maybe it's not about material goods. And um, it's a really... Okay. It's sweet. Okay, it's a sweet sweet. movie. And the girl who plays Zuzu in It's a Wonderful Life plays their child in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Look at that. All right, but of all those movies... Only one, one was the winner. Only one can come out the victor. And it was Gentleman's Agreement. Um, uh, directed by Ely Kazan. This was Ely Kazan's first Best Picture. And only Best Picture winner. Uh, no, 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 not just only one. What? You're forgetting one. Oh, come on, you had this. Well, he... he what am I Don't thinking you understand? Of? Could have had class. Well, yeah, but that didn't win Best... It did. Street... Oh, oh my god. I don't know why I'm thinking of Streetcar. (laughs) All I can think of is Streetcar. Why why is your hand colder than the ice pack I'm using right now? Oh, because I'm actually dead. (laughs) Wait, Death Becomes Her is you? Oh my gosh, can you imagine? I wish. (laughs) You're so right. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about On the Waterfront. So true. On the Waterfront? On the Waterfront. Wonderful. Such an obvious movie. We aren't talking about On the Waterfront. We're not. We're talking about Gentleman's Agreement. Ilya Um, Kazan, who would soon become... One of the most controversial figures oh. in Hollywood history, and I really but feel like it starts with this movie. Unquestionably, yeah. Well, the thing is, the thing about Eli Kazan is so interesting, is that he, you know, he comes from like the actor's studio, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. those people. Yeah. You know, Eli Kazan makes a lot of movies that are very socially conscious, definitely, and they're about social issues. A couple years after this movie. He makes uh, a film about a girl who is half black called Pinky. Pinky, yeah. Um, although it, of course, is played by a white girl mm-hmm. because it's the forties. But um, right. and he uh, he made, of course, on the waterfront, which is a whole separate social issue in itself. And what that movie is actually about is something that we can discuss when we get there come 1954 but he makes like Splendor in the Grass which is about uh, repressed sexuality Um, he makes a streetcar named Desire which deals with all sorts of class issues oh yes Um, these movies that have these social heartbeat but of course Elia Gazan will become most famous for naming names um, during the communist Red Scare. Yes. Um, which ruins the careers of some of the people he names. Yep. But his career continues to flourish continues. because he named names. Exactly. Even though he, at one point, was associated with the Communist Party. Not that being associated with the Communist Party should have ended anyone's career. Exactly. But it was just a very specific time in America and very specific in Hollywood. Yes. And that is why I think this movie, Gentleman's Agreement really is an interesting example of what was going on. You know, because Gentleman's Agreement is all about anti-Semitism as well. Gregory Peck, the lead, uh, plays a Gentile. uh, And he, for a um, news story, he goes undercover as a Jew. He tells people he is Jewish, 
and he reports back on how he's treated, all the negative treatment he gets from, you know, going to resorts or going out to eat or talking to uh, his landlord. Little things happen along the way where he realizes how differently he's being treated um, as a Jew as opposed to, you know, the rest of his life not yeah. being a Jew. Uh, and also, like, it also starts to come into his uh, his kid's life. He has a son in the movie, and his son gets picked on and bullied in school because they think he's a Jewish child. Yeah. Um, so, in that kind of, like, angle that, of the movie... Did you notice who played his mom, too? Uh, Anne Revere, who plays everyone's mom. Literally everybody's mom. <laughs> literally everyone. Uh, um, who is only, like, what, seven years older than Gregory Peck, too, at the yeah, time. Yeah, I know, but she has a very aged feel about her very aged feel her um, and both celeste holm were nominated for supporting actor celeste holm won the oscar um she's kind of a small part to win it's it weird. is really small she really has one scene it's a really good scene where she confronts him at the end basically confessing her love for him and how she believes his ideals and wants to kind of fight this battle with him uh but he's caught up with Dorothy McGuire, who was nominated for Best Actress. I like Dorothy McGuire. I, really I do, do, too. I think she's good in this movie. Uh, she kind of plays... Her character represents everybody. Like, the well-meaning individual who still isn't making any progress, though. Like, she's not willing to really join the fight. Yeah. She's just... She wants to kind of, you know, keep the peace, which I think is a lot of... American when it comes to there being an There's issue. There's a lot of sides. There are a lot of the sides. The bystander. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you're you're not for you know this. Um, uh, you're not. You're, you're not. You and don't. You don't want to get in the middle of she's it. She's not anti-Semitic, but she's also not telling those who are to stop. You which know? is which is the huge moral issue that Billy is discussing in this relevant. movie. Yeah, very relevant, and that's where I think you know for what it's trying to do and get across. I think is really good uh it's just the movie itself is not very entertaining it feels preachy preachy and it uh, and kind of forced as well like <laughs> gregory peck and dorothy mcguire get together really quick and really fast <laughs> like yeah. it's like day two they're gonna get married it's you know what i mean it, it just All jumps into a lot of things there what's that like that well, that happened a lot back then. I guess maybe it did. You know, maybe it's a different time. Oh my gosh, Dorothy Guire's in The Spiral Staircase, which was nominated for Best Supporting Actress last year. She, oh my gosh, she go. plays someone who's deaf and dumb in the movie. Is she good? Is she so good? She's so good. She's <laughs> also, everyone probably remembers her best from Swiss Family, Family Robinson. Robinson. She's the mom. She's in a couple other Disney movies from that mm-hmm. period. Uh, she's really great. She's great. Because, you great. know, and like in the end of the movie, she realizes that she is doing just as harm. Um, being a bystander as those who are actually anti-Semitic. So it is, it, it does have a good message. Um, and what's, to me, what's really crazy about this movie and what we're, to tie it into, um, you know, McCarthyism and these, the HUAC Senate hearings, um, from this movie, there were quite a few people involved who were called to testify because... When it comes to doing... Oh my gosh, your poor back. <laughs> I, I tweaked my back, guys, and I just decided to adjust positions. And and, and it was a whole Sam, ordeal. Sam got to view <laughs> what that looked like. Oh, bless you. Um, at this time, in 1947, it was kind of thought of any movie that was um, preaching, you know... Um, what am I trying to say? Preaching against anti-Semitism. It was thought to be a... Um, communist propaganda film. 
So, because this movie was doing just that, uh, Eli Kazan was called, Anne Revere was called to testify, John Garfield was called to testify, and from that, Anne Revere played the fifth, and her career was completely terminated. She was blacklisted. Uh, and John Garfield, he pleaded the fifth, and his career was terminated. Mm-hmm. And the saddest thing about this is John Garfield was called twice to testify. And he was put on the blacklist, taken off, put back on the blacklist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people think that that's what contributed to his heart attack. Not too many years later, he died at age 39. And he is... Uh, he's probably the best part of this movie. He is a... Um, Tremendously good actor, so good, and uh, and he made a he was under contract with Warner Brothers. He started with Betty Davis, the Hollywood Canteen, mm-hmm. uh, in the early forties for Servicemen, which is like so funny that somebody that created something that was such a huge part of Hollywood's war effort, they blacklist him. Yeah, like like how awful is and that's that? what it yeah that's where it just it sucks. So I'm glad there's a movie out there discussing this because I also think this is a very difficult and probably uncomfortable topic to really discuss, especially 1947. Yeah. Um, And I think what is most fascinating about this movie, for a movie dealing completely with anti-Semitism, not once is the Holocaust brought up in this movie. The only reference to World War II is John Garfield wearing a soldier's uniform. That is the only reference. And I wonder if that was on purpose, you know? I, I, I for life of me can't think of it because you know when I think about somebody being anti-Semitic I just go Nazi. how yeah I think of a Nazi I'm like how yeah. stupid are you like so many Jews were just annihilated and killed during the World War II that it just it seems so ass backward to me that somebody could be anti-Semitic in a post World War II um, era it doesn't make any sense to me but you know it's interesting because this is the same year that um, Song of the South. Mm. Uh, actually, weirdly, Song of the South came out in 1946, but for some reason it's competing in the 1947 Oscars. I don't know why. But it won Best Original Song for Zippity Doodah. Um, and I just finished listening to the season of You Must Remember This, which is dealing with Song of the South. Mm. And, you know, Song of the South was a movie that very much reinforced racial stereotypes. 100%. And um, for African Americans. And so this, it was a backwards film. And then you have this progressive film, Mm -hmm. when Best Picture, but you're still giving an Oscar to something that is backwards for a different type of, for a different kind of person. It kind of ties into the hypocrisy of Hollywood. You see this time and time again, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, years later, the, the Academy kind of starts to give Oscars for performances and movies to kind of make up for their mistakes in the past. You start to see that more and more too. That you know, on you know, for their part, they are trying to right their wrongs, which is good. But you're right. This is such a strange year uh, with the movies that it, that you know did win Oscars. Uh, it's, it's it is a unique year. It is. And what's crazy too is in researching Gentlemen's Agreement, mm-hmm. there are so many articles where Eli Kazan talks about specifically working with Gregory Peck and how he hated working with Gregory Peck and Gregory Peck hated working with Eli Kazan. Uh, they just didn't see eye to eye, and I wonder if it had been a different actor in the lead, if this movie would have, I guess, been better. You know, it's not a bad movie, but I will say it is very dull. You know, I feel like it could be more electrifying, and yeah. it comes from Gregory Peck. Even Maybe morning becomes electrifying. <laughs> 
Gregory Peck has also said that, he, uh, looking back at this movie, he just feels like he was not mature enough to actually tackle this role. He feels like, since he's older now, he could probably do a better job. Yeah. Well, Which I think just dead now. So he, he you're right. He, he is could very dead. Do a better job now. But. Very dead. <laughs> but this is where you know we talked about last year with uh, last year, uh, you know, well last week with best years of our lives and how we both felt that there should have been way more performers from that movie nominated for acting Oscars. Maybe and less then we, for this one. And then this year we have <laughs> Gentleman's Agreement, and we have four performers nominated. Uh, and the only one I actually agree with would be Dorothy McGuire. That one I like. Yeah. Uh, Gregory Peck, I think, is very bizarre in this movie. I don't think it works. Uh, Anne Revere absolutely should not be nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, she's <laughs> hardly in this movie. Uh, just not. It's, it's a very strange nomination. And Celeste Holm, um, also very small part, one good scene. The fact that she won is very strange to me. She gives a way better performance Especially, than All About Eve. Especially, I'm looking at this category. There's this uh, movie called The Egg and I... <laughs> <laughs> which uh, has Mar- there's so many comedies nominated this year with Marjorie Maine playing Ma Kettle and they made a series of Ma and Pa Kettle movies after The Egg and I The Egg and I is not about them but then they make a series of movies about them and they're just supporting characters in the film and she plays this woman who has like ten kids and she doesn't know their names and they live in this country house and you would recognize her if you saw her too because she's one of those actresses but mm-hmm. um but it's a really funny movie with Fred McMurray and um, uh, Claudette Colbert. And he, like, has... She, like, marries him but doesn't know that he lives on a farm. And then she has to go back and live on his farm with them and then become a farmer person. But Marjorie Maine is... Oh, my gosh. What a delightful act. woman. Yeah, no. There's also... Give her the Oscar. Rumors that she was a uh, lesbian. Okay. And that she uh, lived out her years uh, with, um, oh, a female partner. A female partner, but I think it was Spring Byington. Oh, really? You know, from... uh, Oh, do I know? From You Can't Take It With You. You Can't Take It With You. Yeah, that's the... That's very funny. I'm checking this rumor because I may have just made up the rumor. Fact you just want them to be together. <laughs> they look like they belong together. Don't they, though? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, Marjorie Main. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so well, there you go. Uh, um, anyway, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's an, an interesting movie to win Best Picture. I, I don't hate the movie. I'm just conflicted with it because I feel like it could be better. Yeah. I think out of these nominees, uh, Crossfire is probably the best all-around pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I want to watch that one. But the best movie of this year that was nominated but not nominated for picture is Black Narcissist. Which I still need to see. Uh, I need to see that movie. Nuns go crazy, dude. You need to see that movie. It won too. very deservedly Best Art Director, Decorate, mm-hmm. Art Direction and Best Cinematography. So That makes sense. Um, it's shot very well. It is... Sam. Beautiful. Nuns going crazy in the Alps. I oh, don't know why want. I need to say anything else here. <laughs> Deborah Carr's The, the answer is you don't. Head Nun. It's batshit. Well, that will be... I'll move it to the top of my list. Yeah, you do Would you that. recommend Gentleman's Agreement? Would you recommend it? I mean, like, if you're a completist. Yeah. It's not bad, though. It's, like, it's a lot better than some of the other movies that we've seen. <laughs> I didn't like a whole lot. But yeah, you're right. I, I would recommend it. I think it's 
It is a curious little film to win Best Picture, and uh, I think it says a lot for the year that it won. So, yeah. I'm it's very watched. of its time. Very of its time. Um, yes, but I mean, like, it's important. I don't know. I don't hate it, yeah, but it's not like... But yeah, I feel know. like with some other cast members, it could have been better. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Rance is showing me a photo from Black Narcissus, and can I tell you, that looks terrifying. It is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even tell you. What are we getting into next week, Rance? What are we going to watch? <laughs> a movie that I have been postponing. Uh, tell me about it. Uh, we're going to watch Hamlet next week. The 1948 version directed by and starring and produced and produced. <laughs> Lawrence, Sir Lawrence Olivier. Olivier, the ultimate vanity project. Um, but I mean, like, he is pretty. He's pretty. So I, I not, get his vanity. Yeah, I have not seen this, but I'll tell you right now, I do not like Hamlet. Of all of Shakespeare's plays, this would be one of my least favorites. So there is no question. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll be discussing that next week, everybody. Yeah.